It's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy this next bit of brilliance with Joel and Jeremy. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the Killer Bees. I used to play some flag football back in the day. Intermuro's brother. Did you know about that? Like, so they called, on one, they called blocking the flag. Yeah, you can't block your flag. On Baker. You can't block the flag. It was, and it was like tackled. a third or a fourth down. And it, it was borderline. But then I thought, well, if you're going to call that, then you run the play again with a five-yard penalty. No, it was at the point you blocked the flag, which they ruled was further than the first down. That's so they weird. gave him the first down. Well, I guess it's just like a tackle then. It's like a, I it's, guess so. Eh, I think it's a fair rule. Okay. I think it's a fair rule. It's like you get tackled at that spot. But the one I didn't understand was late in the game on this final drive, CJ hits Chase, I believe. Chase does not get his flag taken, and Chase flips it behind him. CJ catches it and runs it in for a touchdown. And it was disallowed, and no one could explain why. I was like, what the hell just happened? Maybe that's the Ray Lewis play that he called the the uh, the play. Maybe. Can't say it on the air. Got his mic Willie. Cut. Yeah, <laughs> Willie, the linebacker mm-hmm. for the Kansas City Chiefs. He called King, the play Willie. King of all twitches. Uh, he said that he'd pay to watch this game. CJ said with the stream on YouTube or Twitch. Uh, someone said A would find an Ed Hardy or Affliction jersey, and then you'd post a video in the morning if he lost. <laughs> Oh, seven one three. Good morning. Zero five eight four. Is John McClain still eligible to play in this hypothetical flag football game? No. Yeah, he's laid off, which is probably a bad thing for us because if he were eligible to play in that game, <laughs> okay. Uh, what position would Booker T play? Injured or I saw that he was much, on the mend. He's right? out right now. What do he do? He wouldn't say. He had some kind of surgery. He had oh. a medical procedure. That's what he left it at. Yeah. Otherwise, he could play wherever he wanted. I don't. That question is athleticism. I know you've said this before. I mean, he's gone through a lot. He's, too, he's just old, and his yeah. body's been through the ringer. Like he's gone through more, <laughs> like physically. That's good than anyone in this city that is like uh, on the radio station. Yeah, he's, his body's just like been you got through backup it. quarterbacks. Like they barely get hit. Yeah, like he's Booker is a real five-time champion. Five-time, five-time. I mean, we wouldn't call it real, but five-time, five-time. I mean, the bumps <laughs> are real. <laughs> that as well, but the, the bumps, bumps are, are real. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um. The Rockets, do they have some drama here? Uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you guys. I, I'm i questioning it, but there's some people who are taking it as drama, so I want to bounce it off you guys. First, uh, Cam Whitmore, which Cam Whitmore has never seen a shot that he doesn't like. Uh, he believes in the give-and-go offense, give it to him, and everybody else can go to hell. Mm-hmm. Here was Ime Adoka with some, some harsh words on Cam Whitmore when asked about his terrific performance yesterday. I saw some, especially in the first half, I saw some um, shots that you need to make the extra pass to teammates. Um, you know, he, he got it going a little bit late kind of when it was out of hand, but uh, the message is do the right thing from the start, and, you know, you're not at that deficit at halftime. So. That was Ime Adoka after the game on the shin with his post-game press conference. Uh, drama there? Drama? No, teachable moment. I agree, 100%. Uh, complete to teachable moment and the fact that, you know, Sometimes when the message isn't getting through through the straight communication at practice or during games, coaches will use other techniques to get the message through. And I think that was a clear-cut one of those times where, you know, Adoka just basically said, learn from this, but I, you're not doing it the way we want you to do it still. And, and I think that I, I applaud him for that. 
Yeah, I, I, this to me is coachable moment too. Cam Whitmore is still a rookie. These are going to be the rookie mistakes we often hear about. Now, that that is a fair criticism of Cam Whitmore mm-hmm. is that he can be super aggressive with the ball in his hands. Uh, he doesn't pass a whole lot. It gets in his hands. He's usually shooting. Now, I think he has made a lot of improvement in that area. Like, go watch some summer league games and then watch him, uh, Cam Whitmore now. Like, I think it's a bit night and day. Still probably too much shoot first than pass first. Uh, but I do think that he's made improvements, and I agree with you 100%. No drama here. This is 100% teachable moments. You're also not Steph Curry, so it's one thing to say you're a pretty good three-point shooter when you're right at the line, but when they get some momentum going multiple times and they kick it to you eight or ten feet off the line and you decide <laughs> that's your range and let it fly, that's where you definitely could get a better shot. Now, shooting 40% coming into yesterday's game from three, but he came into that game yesterday, and he, as soon as he touched it, it was going up. <laughs> Plus, going up. that's one of those where, based on his last couple of games where he's been instant offense, you know he came in with the mentality of, I'm touching it. As soon as I touch it, it's going up. Yeah. And, I mean, he scored 14, but is super inefficient. Yeah. Four for 13 from the floor. Actually shot the three okay, three for eight. Uh, but uh, he took some bad shots, and, and you're right, 100% coachable, 0% drama there. Although, if you disagree, seven one three seven eight zero espn Now, here's another one from Jalen Green. And Green didn't have a good game yesterday. He, for In fact, it was one of the worst games he's had in about two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, three for 15 from the floor, 0 of 5 from three, only scored eight points. Now, he did hand out seven assists, which was encouraging to me. Like, late first half, he, he couldn't get it going scoring the basketball, but he started driving to the rim and finding open teammates. was like, okay, I like that part of Jalen Green. That's like, okay, add that tonight's where you're playing well, and that's why you have this all-star potential. Uh, but it was inefficient, didn't, didn't score well, shooting percentage very, very poor. And here was Jalen after the game talking about mm, some areas of the offense that didn't go well. And I've seen a lot of people take this as criticizing the game plan, maybe the coaching. Here was Jalen Green afterwards. No rhythm out there. There's no flow of offense. It's just it's all set. And, you know, it's a big team. It's hard to play against a set off, a set defense. Um, I, don't, I don't know. There's no rhythm. How, what lessons? You always say you take lessons from a loss. What lessons do you take from a team that size and how difficult they are to guard? Uh... I mean, with a team like that, we just got to get out and run. You know, they got two bigs out there. We got athletes on our team. We got to push the pace, get up the court. I mean, we didn't. I mean, we had some transition buckets, but it's like we got to push the pace all game. So, um, yeah, that, that's probably the biggest takeaway is just, you know, we got bigs out there. Just push. Drama there? No. I, I think that from Jalen's perspective, I think the only system that Jalen's ever known since he started playing basketball has been run and run and run some more and get out and run. And I think that's when he excels. And I think that part of the frustration, and you mentioned the stats of the game itself, and I think when he starts feeling frustrated, a lot of it is because of the fact, too, when he starts trying to put the reasons behind it why, he doesn't, he doesn't, he hasn't mastered how to play in, in a set offense yet. And then from a defensive transition standpoint, the frustration, the, the frustration when he was missing shots or it wasn't going their way, they weren't getting back. So not only were they not running, but they weren't getting back on defense, and that's when Edwards and those guys really can take advantage of you, and that's why they did in the third quarter. I think that Jalen's just so used to playing in a very high, up-tempo system that when he's not, he's kind of like a fish out of water. See, I think that uh, I agree with everything you said, but I also feel like the game plan was to run. 
And I feel like Jalen Green was kind of echoing what the coaching staff was saying and things that they didn't do that they wanted to do going into that game. Because whenever you have the Timberwolves defense, they're, they're top in the league. They're the best defense in the league. What do you want to do whenever you go up against the best defense in the league? You want to beat the defense back up the floor. So honestly, like I've seen a lot of people say, well, this is criticism of the coaching staff, the game plan. Yes, and like you coupled that with the fact that Jalen Green is better whenever it's open offensively and you're running and you're trying to get out in transition. So you couple those things together and it sounds like Jalen Green is not happy with the Rockets offense I think he's more parroting what the Rockets game plan was and where they didn't have success because the Rockets game plan yesterday against Minnesota the best defense in the league should be to run to use their athleticism so I don't think it's Jalen Green being critical I think this is Jalen Green being an extension of what the game plan was and then people are going you know making this reach that Jalen Green's unhappy I don't believe it no I don't either and here's the other thing that we can correlate and combine the two comments into the overall big picture, which is when Cam's shooting shots that he shouldn't be shooting and he's shooting them quickly, you can't get into a rhythm. You can't get tempo. And everybody wants to point it at Jalen because he had a bad shooting night, but the seven assists tell me he was still distributing the basketball. He was finding ways to get others in- involved. But when they got down, they went back. They re- the, the, this team does this a lot. When they get down in a game, they throw everything out the window and they go back to isolation basketball. And that's the worst thing they can do because now you're not going to climb back in. They're looking for like a couple of hero moments where some deep threes suddenly turn the tide when they don't understand that if they just stick with the the, the, the program and try to execute by staying in within their offense and probably picking up the tempo, they can get back in the game a lot sooner or a lot have a chance to do it a lot better. Yeah, so I don't think there's anything there. It doesn't sound like you think there's anything there. Do any of you think there's anything there? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. By the way, should we reevaluate the Rudy Gobert trade? Like a lot of people don't like the Rudy Gobert trade. The Rudy Gobert trade still gets mocked. I think Joe mocks it from time to time. Should we reevaluate that trade and its worth? Minnesota tied for the best record in the Western Conference with Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. They have the number one defense in the NBA. A big reason and a big pillar for that number one defense in the NBA is what? Rudy Gobert, mm-hmm. should we reevaluate that trade? Should we reevaluate that maybe it's not as near, not nearly as bad for Minnesota as we thought when they made it? I'd have to look at all the pieces. Here it is right here. Now, there's a lot of pieces, so give me a second. Mm-hmm. Malik, Be- Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Leandro Balmaro, Walker Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt, 2023 first, 2025 first. Now, remember, it's coming from Minnesota. 2026 pick swap, 2027 first, 2029 first. Like, if Minnesota's drafting 27 every single year, what's the best player they get in the straight? Yeah, because a lot of the guys have moved on. You know, Beasley's with the Bucks, right? And Vanderbilt's with the Lakers. So, yeah, it looks like he's out for the year. I mean, Walker, yeah. Walker Kessler's a good player, but, like, if, if Minnesota doesn't fall off, then this trade is fine. Yeah, yeah it's, essentially, it's essentially how do you value the ones? Because that's what it comes down to. Because the other guys are basically eh or throw them away. And even if the if the 2029 first round pick ends up being a top five pick, but you win a championship, a title, just a like title, a title, oh, especially in Minnesota. Yeah. yeah, hell, yeah. you might be able to get to a Western Conference Finals in Minnesota. Like, and that it's seems worth pretty it. dang Look, good, man. They are, and the thing is, is there's knocks on both bigs because they say Rudy's an a hole and no one wants to play with him and he's an awful teammate and people in the league don't like him. But guess what? He's effective. He does what he does at a very high level. They say the same thing about Carl Anthony Towns. But together, because of the fact that they are the twin towers, they're so big. They get enough rebounds. Gobert's more defensive 
and Cat's more offensive. And then what pulls it all together is the fact that Edwards has actually evolved and turned into what they had hoped they were going to. Remember that at the start of that draft, no one knew who was the the clear-cut, like, yeah. Number one pick, and they were and questioning his out. desire to play too. Remember, yeah, like he doesn't like basketball. Um, that was that, Gerson that Rosas, good. the ex Rocket uh, front office guy that made that pick, put them all together. Yeah, like, I. That's, and, yeah, that's right. a he dangerous made that trade team, too. man. Yep. Like Gobert in the middle there, number one defense in the league. You have scoring in Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. That's a dangerous. Got some team. decent role players too. They do. Like Conley's a good veteran on that team. I like Jaden McDaniels. Like he can shoot the basketball a little bit. Did you That's hear what um, Kenyon Martin Senior said about because um, um, he was banging on Silas and how I just did. dysfunctional? And he thought that Mike Conley would have been kind of like a poor man's Fred Van Vliet. I think that so. he could have come in and settled that locker room and really coached those kids. And I don't disagree with. Yeah. Him. It, it, I don't think he's as good, but he's much cheaper. Oh, for much sure. cheaper. 713-780-3776. It's mock draft season. How do we make the Texans better? Also, what's great about today's mock draft? It's Lance Zerline's mock draft. Everybody's ridiculing him. Everybody's making fun of him. And we're here for it. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. I'm also here for Gentle Ben all the time. I've been telling you for what seems like years that Gentle Ben is the absolute best. It all starts with the finest ingredients, classic time-honored distilling methods. Gentle Ben uses a revolutionary technology that eliminates impurities for the cleanest, smoothest spirits you'll ever taste. It's the Persado technology. You'll love what's not in a Gentle Ben, including VOCs. What are VOCs? Volatile Organic compounds the gentle bin purification process takes these out which of course can lead to coughing when you're drinking the other brands not with gentle bin though you get all the flavor none of the burn whether it's the vodka gin straight bourbon whiskey cash strength bourbon next time you head to dinner go to your favorite bar ask for gentle bin look for gentle bin at the liquor store whichever one you go to go to whatever one's on the way home today pick up a bottle if you're looking to pl- looking for plans head to the gentle bin tasting room in alvin as well if you're going to a rockets game soon you can stop by bin's bar at the toyota center pick up a uh, some gentle Ben on your way to your seat or just head to gentlebin.com learn about their incredible story the legacy that continues to this day and also you can order their stuff straight from the website that's right gentlebin.com add the vodka add the gin add the bourbon to your cart they'll ship it straight to your doorstep you can't beat that gentle Ben all the flavor none of the burn Time to get back to sports school with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. He's Blank, I'm Branham. We are the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. 713-780-ESPN. Day one, Donna. Not, not ready for this draft stuff. You got to get ready. NBA, NBA, NFL draft season right around the corner. Lance Erline put out his first mock today, and Lance is already getting... Uh, He's already getting criticized. He's already getting tortured. He's already getting lots of things that we can't tell you on the radio for his mock draft. Uh, we'll, we'll make the Texans better. But here was Lance's mock. He had Caleb Williams going number one to Chicago. Congratulations. Do we still think Caleb Williams goes number one to Chicago? There's some people that are throwing, uh, heating up the hot stove. We'll talk about that later. Uh, number two, Jaden Daniels. The LSU quarterback, the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. No Drake May here. Number three, the Patriots don't go QB, according to Lance. They're going with Marvin Harrison Jr. No QB. Roma Dunze, he goes number four to Arizona. That's pretty frightening, by the That's way. Big for him. Roma Dunze with um, 
You put him next to Kyler Murray? That's uh, that's interesting. Uh, Drake May goes number five to the Falcons. He projects that the Falcons trade up to take Drake May at number five. Talise Fuaga, we'll call him that. Number six to the Giants. Joe Control-Alt-Delete goes number seven to Tennessee. It's a popular pick. Terry and Arnold, number eight to the Chargers. I got him to slide to the Texans today on my mock draft. Number nine, Malik Neighbors to Chicago. So they pair... Uh, Caleb Williams with Malik Neighbors, that's pretty terrifying. And then J.C. Latham, uh, the offensive tackle, goes to the Jets at number 10. Some of the other interesting selections, J.J. McCarthy goes number 12 to Denver. That's high. J.J. McCarthy, number 12 to Denver, according to Lance. Byron Murphy, the uh, Texas kid, goes to Vegas at 13. Brock Bowers goes all the way to 15 for the Indianapolis Colts. I wouldn't like that. That would be a massive steal for Indy. I wouldn't like that. You give, you give Anthony Richardson Brock Bowers... If he's mm. on the board at, at like ten, I want Nick Casario up. move up. Yes, Give I was up. thinking the same thing. Like fi- find something to move up and stop that from happening. Brock Bowers at fifteen. To, I don't. I don't like the idea of that. Do you not think some uh, there'd be several general managers going? Yeah. Oh, okay, oh, timeout. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Okay, those are the only things that are uh, that are fun. Those are the only fun ones of this one. Now let's get to who he has the Texans picking. He has the Texans picking Chop. Robinson, uh, the defensive end from Penn State. Uh, Lance, uh, he posted on Twitter this weekend that he would not sign John Grenard at $20 million. So here is the John Grenard replacement. Chop Robinson, edge from Penn State. How would you like that selection if that ultimately is what it's at at number 23 on draft night? Unless you're getting Grenard for 13 and a half. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm totally good with a pass rusher because I think that they're going to obviously have to figure out a lot because of what we just did in the exercise earlier, too, about how they have to be not just necessarily frugal, but they have to be very smart in the way they spend their money. That if you can replace John Grenard and the 18 to 20 that he might be getting in free agency with a guy out of the draft that has a high motor that could do similar things, then I'm I'm fine with that because you know that D'Amico wants to improve his defensive line. He said as much. And if Grenard walks out the door, how you replace him is challenge number one. And if this replaces him in part, and I think you'd probably still have to maybe maybe you bring a guy or two back from late you know late in the season to try and also get a rotation going while he gets his feet wet. But I'm all for this. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of Chop Robinson here. Uh, now, if you were signed Grenard at a pretty big number, uh, you can't draft an edge. So that mm-hmm. would have to be the scenario that mm-hmm. plays out here. I'm okay with that scenario. Uh, I think pairing. Will Anderson with a young, exciting defensive end would be a lot of fun. I do think it's a step backwards initially, like going from John Grenard, you know, 12 and a half bring sacks, Barnett to back? Robinson. Um, yeah, it depends on the number as well, but right. I wouldn't mind that. Because I think I he probably, all. I think he had, he actually kind of resurrected parts of his sure. career here. I think he might give you a pretty fair deal, and I think that 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 combination would be a hell of a lot cheaper than Grenard. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I'm I'm a fan of this, and then you bring back JJ Watt, so he can be a huh, okay. he can be a gimmicky third down rusher for you. That's that's my pipe dream of an off season at defensive end, and he's signing on the veterans minimum, so you get cheap contract with Derek Barnett, you get better and minimum JJ Watt, and you draft a rookie Chop Robinson at number twenty three. I'm in for that. All right. The Next three picks, uh, Dallas goes Troy Fatanu, the uh, Washington offensive lineman who we've talked about a lot that can move inside. Maybe he stays outside. We'll see. Depends on who drafts him. Tyler Guyton, offensive tackle from Oklahoma. And then Enos Rakestraw Jr., the corner from Missouri. Who are you taking here if you have these four options? I think with these four options and, and assuming that Grenard is gone, I think that I'm sticking with what, exactly what Lance has penciled in for them and getting a replacement for Grenard out of the draft, saving money, getting a guy with a huge upside that, like I said, has has a high ticker and is you know 
a very good edge rusher and was in college, I, I'll stick with Chop Robinson. I'm sticking with the Chop if you if you uh, don't bring back Grenard. Right. I'm there with the you know if you don't bring back Grenard, you sticking with Chop Robinson, Joe? Are you going something else? No, it's definitely Chop Robinson. Right. He, he's a good player. All right, now let's let's discuss the if you bring back Grenard alternative, whether mm-hmm. it's a franchise tag. Well, they might throw a wrench into the equation here. You bring back Grenard. Is it still the pick at 23? Of the guys that we have to choose Those from, four. no, Robinson, it absolutely Fatuno, is not. Guy, then I'm going to look Rachel. at a corner. Okay, you're going Rachel yeah, I'm over skip the offensive lineman because I think that they have mm-hmm. enough for their offensive line to be better than average. But at corner, and again, this will throw another intangible into the mix. What's the deal with Stevie Nelson? Because if you yep. sign Grenard and then walk from Stevie Nelson, then the no-brainer is you go to Rakestraw because of the fact that you're going to need another corner. And as we talked about, you might get picked on early while you get your feet wet and get some experience, but the kid's got t- talent, and he's, he could be your long-term other bookend to, to, uh, to Stingley. So I, I would go with the corner. I have to go corner as well, mostly because I'm not on the Nelson bring back train. So I'm going Rakestraw, the corner from Missouri. Um, Fatanu's not somebody I dislike, though. Like, and if the Texans make the decision of going defense or the going interior offensive lineman to pick number 23, I'm more than likely not going to be mad at it unless, unless you like have like drastic holes like if you don't bring back Grenard you don't bring back Nelson you're cutting Jimmy Ward if you do all of those things like interior offensive line is a little bit more difficult at 23 because now you need defensive end Uh, now you need an additional corner but if you bring back Grenard you bring back Stephen Nelson like I'm not going to hate interior offensive linemen but because I don't think they're bringing back uh, Nelson I'm gonna in, in this scenario we're going Grenard I would go corner too I'm definitely going corner because even if you brought back both guys Nelson and King this would likely at some point be an upgrade in the next year or two. Mm-hmm. Like, like in the short term and the long term, like if you bring back Desmond King, you cut him already once. So like you, you can just cut him again, uh, honestly. So I, I also would go corner if Grenard is back. And if Nelson's back, I'm still comfortable with going with corner. Because I don't think Nelson's deal is going to be long term. Like, it, it, it must be two years. I think he's going to want three, and they'll probably, if they're going to talk to him, the max they'll go is two. Yeah, but like you can... Someone can play slot. I mean, we've seen corners in the NFL move from corner to safety a bunch of different times. So there's even a path to where, like, think about how many corners they rotated I, through this year. I don't think that Nelson's a safety. What about King? And I don't think you're moving Rakestraw. De- well, Desmond King's not under contract. But let's say you bring back King and Nelson. I think King's your nickel. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Nelson or Rakestraw are really nickel corners. Yeah, so, and, that, and that's fair. But like, I, I still would take the corner there in okay. that spot. Could King? The biggest thing with King right now at, at this stage in his career is his coverage because you know he can still hit. He made some pretty big plays from a physicality and hit standpoint. I just wonder if he can cover well enough. Yeah, seven one three seven eight zero ESP at HRP listener line seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. It's time for our mailbag Monday. You can ask the killer bees whatever you want to ask us. What are you asking us today? 713-780-3776. Killer Beast, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. You've got mail. It's Mailbag Monday with the Killer Bees. Something's in the bag. Mommy? Mommy? What's in the bag? Oh, what's in the box? Time for our Mailbag Monday. You can ask the Killer Bees whatever you want to ask us. 713-780-ESPN. Uh, 713-780-3776. Whatever you want to ask. Send it in to the HRP listener. Fred Van Vliet, by the way, just real quick, uh, left a doctor's train. He's going to be out for a little while. Uh, out for tomorrow's game and no timeline on his return. That's kind of similar to what Dylan Brooks had. And if you think about it from that perspective, Dylan Brooks missed a couple of weeks, I want to say. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's now a loss who facilitates there. the offense? I'm in. Green? I'm in Thompson. I think they're going to put it in Jalen's hands.
I probably, but I think a min starts. Oh yeah, but I think Jalen yeah. facilitates. Jalen's going to facilitate. A I lot. think they'll split, but yeah. a lot. I would. Yeah, that thing is fair. All right, well, ask us whatever you want. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. HRP listener line. Let's go out there now for Pena. Pena, you're on. You're in the uh, hive with the bees. What's up? Hey, what's going on, guys? So, all right. So, all three of y'all, y'all are a head coach to any university y'all like. Go Cougs, right? Go Cougs. So, you guys are looking for a running back in the transfer portal. <laughs> Out of these four running backs, who are y'all get going for? Um, what's the name? Damn. Oh my God, Adrian He's Peterson, oh. McCaffrey, um, uh, number two, um, Ingram. From uh, Alabama and Barry Sanders, all in their college prime. Thank you. Have a great day. In their college prime. Whoa, whoa, time out. So AP in his college prime? That's what he said. Barry Sanders, Adrian Peterson. Probably not going Ingram. Probably not going McCaffrey. I'm not going Ingram or McCaffrey. It's between Barry Sanders and and, uh, Adrian Peterson. Yeah. That's tough for me. Adrian Peterson was unbelievable. Boy, he was, I mean, he was, I mean, he was a workhorse. He could grind out yards. He could burst and get, I mean, Barry's unbelievable, but Barry's also very small. Yeah, but it's good. It's it's smart that Pena said at their prime mm-hmm. and not their overall numbers because Sanders was behind uh, Emmitt Smith for quite a few. No, was it, yeah, it was Smith, right? Or was it, I'm, I'm blanking if it was Smith or Thurman Thomas. You're talking about at Oklahoma State? Yeah, Barry Sanders was behind yeah, I, one of those I, two running backs for like Emmett his Smith first couple of Florida. years. Then it was, um, it then was, it was Thurman it was, Thomas. It was Thurman Thomas. Yeah, Thurman Thomas yep. out of Houston, by the way. I think yep. Willow Ridge. That's, That's right, Thurman Thomas. I always get Thurman Thomas and Emmett Smith confused whenever they think about their college ball. So, yeah, he was behind Thurman Thomas for his first two years, and then he exploded in his third season and like went for over 2,500 yards, something like that. And then Adrian Peterson was just a workhorse throughout, but never had a singular year like Barry Sanders did. Boy, it's so tough, I, I, man. I'll go Barry. I'll go Barry. Because we're talking at their college prime. I would go Barry. Did Barry didn't win a Heisman, right? I don't... Eh, he might have won a Heisman that uh, final oh, year. Oh, he did. He's in the commercial. Yeah. So he won a Heisman. Did AP? I don't know if AP did. Yeah, I'm going to go Barry. I'm going to go Barry Sanders. Just the pure elusiveness and the way that... The, the way, man, yeah, I'll take Adrian P. I mean, I'll talk, take Barry Sanders over Adrian Peterson. The uh, Peterson's prime, like Peterson's resume in college is better, but Barry Sanders at his peak was better uh, than Peterson, in my opinion. 713 780 ESPN. Adrian Peterson's best year was his freshman year, by the way. He ran for almost 2,000 yards, 15 touchdowns. Next two years, 1,100 yards, 1,100 yards. So he didn't win a Heisman. He, he didn't show that he won a Heisman. Made an All American. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Barry Sanders on this one. I am too. Yeah, he won the he won the 88 Heisman. Joe, Joseph, what do you think? I'm taking Chris McCaffrey. What? I, I know. Over I know. Barry. I am. I just I, I Chris McCaffrey was such a monster in college. Like it, what he did in the receiving game too is so different than those other guys. So I'm, I'm taking McCaffrey because the other guys didn't really have receiving games. Whenever I, they played. I know. Where were you but, born, Joe? Uh, 92. That's the only person I can do this with. So Joe was born mm. in 1992. Barry Sanders Heisman was in 1988. I think it explains some things here. Yeah, By I the mean, way. but like his sophomore, his in 2015, he had 2,600 all scrimmage yards between receiving and receiving. Barry Sanders had 2,788 whenever offensive football was less. I know, but then he also had 1,000 return yards. You know? It's kind of silly to use him in the kick game. You know who AP lost the got, Heisman to? Got tackled by Aldi Rushman. Uh, what year? Uh, he lost it in 2003. 2000, it was a quarterback? Yeah. J- J- Jason White. No. What, 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 what school? USC. USC? Yeah. Liner? Yeah. So it says... Former Texan great. 
It says Peterson lost the Heisman to Leinart. There was a legitimate split in the vote between the two. Uh, uh, there was a legitimate split in the vote between Peterson and his quarterback, uh, Jason White. Yeah, Jason White. I think White might have won a Heisman. I know. Too. Yeah, he did. And, and they penalized Peterson, too, for being a true freshman. Oh, yeah, I do remember yeah. that. That was like when it was like freshmen are not allowed to win the Heisman. Correct. Even though it was very clear, Adrian Peterson should have won the Heisman that year yep. and could have left for the NFL draft if they allowed it. So yep. was the um, did White win the Heisman the year before or the year after? Uh, he won it in 03. White did? Yeah, hang on. Yeah, it says it says he won it in 03. So he lost it. It's weird. It says... I mean, it says he lost the, the Heisman to Matt Leinart, but there was a legit split in the vote between Peterson and the Sooners' 2003 Heisman Trophy winner, Jason White. So he this won, must have been 04. Yeah, White won it in 03. So I guess he was going for back-to-back Yeah, back-to-back yes. Heismans. Yep. Yep. That's crazy. 713-780-3776. Let's go back out to the HRMP listener line. Intern Noah is on the line. Noah, you're in the hive. What's up? Hey, um, so I I want y'all's opinion on this. Um. So a week before the Super Bowl, they should have the first and second pick um, play for the first pick of the NFL draft instead of the Pro Bowl. What do y'all think about that? So his proposal, thanks for the call, Noah. Appreciate you listening. Uh, So his proposal would be the Bears would play, who has two? Washington? The commies. So Bears-Washington prime time for the number one pick. It's better than the Pro Bowl. Sounds like relegation. I think the Players Association would have a huge issue with playing an extra game, but I'd be way more entertained with that game and what the stakes are than anything to do with You just made the list. That's what I think about it. That's what I think about it, Noah. No, this is a terrible take. It's an awful take. You should be embarrassed by that take. It's terrible. Why would the players want to do this? Why would the players on their current teams want to do this? I'm teasing those. I'm teasing those. But here's the I'm thing, okay? I don't want Justin Fields quarterbacking the Chicago Bears trying to that's ruin my oh, opportunity to get Caleb call, Williams. It would, be, it would be fun, but there's some semantics that are in the way. I mean, I've seen Justin Fields play football. I can't imagine what he would look like trying to play bad football. Yeah. See, it's it's, it's difficult because now you have Fields that's trying to compete for the number one pick. Like, yeah, There's a lot of semantics that aren't in play. Would it be more entertaining? Absolutely, it would be entertaining, Noah. But you made the list. That might come up again on Thursday. 713-780-3776-6967. I think the Texans should go after Mike Evans and let Tank work from the slot. Maybe Mike would take a hometown discount. Tank in the slot could develop into CJ's safety valve more often. What say you? No, because he's already. we've already been told by sources or people reporting on it, he's not, taking it, he's not giving out any discounts. He's looking for top dollar. If he's looking for top dollar, and with everything that we spent time highlighting in this show and other shows about what they have to take care of housekeeping-wise with finances, I just don't think it makes sense. Yeah. Um, and you got two good receivers already, no matter who else you put around them. It's too much money. Like we went through the we went through the finances and what the payroll and the bank, like all that stuff's going to look like. We balanced the books. It just it doesn't add up. Like them spending twenty million minimum on a wide receiver just isn't going to. Did start to pushing last night or yesterday that he thought he would get upwards of twenty, like closer to thirty? I don't think he's get close to thirty. I don't either. I think he, I think it could be in the middle though. I think it could be twenty five. That's a lot. And look, for a once guy you, his age. and once you get to free agency, who knows? Well, if you get competition, you can you can push that price up in a hurry. Yeah, you really can. Zero six one three. What is going to be y'all's go to food for the Super Bowl? Uh, 
At, at our house, the Tex-Mex is always a staple. But I might have to throw in some pizza. Yeah. I'm probably going to go wings of some sort. I don't know. I'll probably try to make some. I don't know. I'm traveling that morning. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to eat a little bit better. I'm trying to drink 100 ounces of it's, water a day, which is Bowl. difficult to do. I know. I know. I know. If I'm not. It's like Christmas. You, just, I love you can wings. unload it on the, and Thanksgiving. You, you can eat. I do like a good little uh, cheese dip. Do you? I like your cheese dip. But like I like a queso or a... more of a queso. That's the word I was looking okay. for. A queso. I, but I like the hamburger meat in it. I do too. I got. I like to have That's some good. meat in my queso. Onions, tomatoes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I would say wings, queso, some good dip, probably Daisy dips. I would say that those things are important to me on a good Super Bowl. Uh, Corey, what is y'all's favorite playoffs to watch in sports, college or pros included? Well, I'll tell you what. It's hard to beat. It's hard to beat the the final four. I mean, the whole tournament. If you if you it gets if you get to encompass that whole playoff, then I would say March Madness is like no other in terms of the excitement and how many people get involved in it, even if they're just casuals or less. I would I would have to say that March Madness is number one. Yeah, it's March Madness for me. I I'm biased towards this. Um, the U.S. Open though. Whenever they tied and Tiger Woods had to play the 18-hole playoff the next day. Mm-hmm. With the bad wheel. That was cool. But I think they've I think they've shrunk that. I think it might be a four-hole playoff now, which I don't love that. Uh, but give me March Madness. Why would they change that now? Because I think Less certain tournaments, golf? it's a four-hole playoff, but same day. If you go to the next day. I don't think they do the next day anymore. Uh, I think it's now they play it on the same day. It was tough TV. A lot of people were pissed their soap operas were canceled. A lot of people were mad they couldn't watch it because it was on a Monday. That too. Actually, that didn't matter. Let's be honest. People watch it on March Madness all the time. Yeah, I think they made it a four-hole playoff. This says, yeah, four extra holes now. Well, this is the open. I don't know. Text me on that. 713-780-3776. I'm doubting myself Kudos now. to Wyndham Clark, by the way. Yeah, he won a 54-hole event. I thought that that wasn't real golf. Did you see how he... I mean, the fact that he was chasing 58. Yeah, I saw that. He, I saw a scorecard. I didn't watch any of it. If you saw the one hole... just the, he, had, he, had, he, was, he had a 28 on the front side. Uh-huh. Okay? He gets to the 12th hole of par 3, and he hits it at the top of the bunker. He can't figure out what to do with his second shot. He debates every shot in the book. He goes lefty, backwards wedge, shanks it. It rolls, screams across the green, but catches a berm and gets stuck on the first cut. And he holds the putt for a, he holds the putt for a bogey. He got out there with a bogey. I'm like, it's going to be his day. He shot 60. Yeah, he was good. He won a 54 hole event. PGA guys were saying that wasn't real golf. But real golf now, huh? Course record of all time at Pebble. That's pretty good. Real golf. Seven six six five. What is your Astros opening day starting lineup for this year? You did this on Twitter. Yeah, I didn't do the lineup. Oh, just who would play I did which the, position? I did the roster projection. Yeah. I'm curious to see what Espada does with the lineup. I wonder if he goes against the grain and does some things that Dusty wasn't willing to do. I think two's still going to bat leadoff. I would love if he doesn't. I know you would. I, I I would like Altuve in the two-hole, the three-hole. I think he's better suited for the two-hole, three-hole. Um, you don't really have a natural leadoff man, though, although mm-hmm. I'd be intrigued by Bregman because he's a high-contact, high-walk guy. It doesn't have speed, but it's not traditional anymore. High desire to get a salary guy, too. Yeah, and then I wouldn't hate the idea of Kyle Tucker hitting leadoff. Altuve's natural spot is not leadoff. He has too much power. He's very, very swing-oriented. He doesn't see a lot of pitches. I don't love Altuve in the leadoff spot. He's been, he'd be good anywhere. Yeah. He'd be good anywhere. He's not, a, he's not a traditional leadoff man. My problem with him in the two-hole, though, is if he's going to first pitch swing, he hits a lot of double plays if Kyle Tucker's on first. 
Mm, okay. That's a good point. How about the three hole then? I'm fine with that. Three. I like the three hole. So Tucker, you like three hole. So you don't want Jordan in the three. You want him in the four. Yeah, I like my best hitter in the clean spot. Yeah. yeah there's not, there's you, not a single there's not a single spot in the lineup that bats more often with two outs, nobody on than the third spot. Yep. Why would I want my best hitter batting? More often than any other spot in the lineup with two outs, nobody on. Well, the only answer is he gets, you, you would hope he gets the extra at bat a lot of times. Then bat him first or second. Yeah. Jordan Alvarez for leadoff. I wouldn't hate it. The Yankees did it with Judge for whenever, a while, right? Whenever I was a little boy, I would have arguments with people that the Giants should bat Barry Bonds leadoff. Oh, you're crazy. You're an idiot. Why would you bet Barry Bonds leadoff? Because when Barry Bonds is up with people on base, they're walking him anyways. Buck Showalter's walking him with the bases loaded. So maximize his plate appearances. The only time they're pitching to him is when the bases are empty anyways. Sorry. Little Branham. What were you, like five when you I were was, telling the I neighbors was, about nah, that? I was actually in high school. Okay. I was arguing with my baseball coach, David Sitton. He's a winner. Uh, 713-780-3776. One, two, four, four. Would y'all go get crawfish right now when it's over $14 a pound at most places? Nope. That's so high. Louisiana conditions close. are bad this year. Don't care for it. I think it's going to go up. What are they saying? I saw someone project a fiddle it. in the band? What is that? What's that song for Louisiana man? You have to have a fiddle in the band for Louisiana band. I think that's how it goes. Or is it Texas? I can't remember. Yeah, it, that's um, that's Alabama. Who, is it a Louisiana man or a Texas man? If you if you're going to play fiddle and you got to have a fiddle in the band, it's Alabama. But what state the group? But what state? I know. They, I don't. State? I can't remember I think it's what Texas. state. I think it is Texas. Yeah. But I think there's something about Louisiana in that song too. Uh, I've stopped buying crawfish at places. I'm going to be a crawfish boil guy, where I do my own crawfish boil once a year. It's Texas. Is it, that's why okay. I thought there was, but I'm pretty sure there's a Louisiana, Louisiana reference, yes, it right? Is. It says if you're gonna play in Texas, you gotta, you gotta have, have a fiddle, a fiddle in, the in the band. The lead guitar is hot, but, but not, not for, for a Louisiana, Louisiana man. man. There we go. Yeah. There we go. I got it twisted around a little bit. Yeah, but I'm a crawfish boil guy. I'm gonna do one boil a year. No one's invited. Just my closest friends. None of you. No twitchers. Nobody in the hive. No. No blank. No Joe. Just the people that are nearest and closest to me. Just kidding. Y'all can come. Houston also mentioned in the song. You boil it? Houston's re- yeah. It says, that's I remember down Houston. Crawfish. I know. I mean, but that's a lot of work for you. <laughs> uh, what do you. It's a lot of work for anybody. What do you mean it's a lot of work for me? I'm going to do the same thing. Going we're going to boil crawfish we're, this year. We're, we're a crawfish boil family yeah. from now on. We do it once a year from now on. Last year was first year. This year will be the second year. It's going to be a Branham tradition. I love crawfish too much. It's going to have to be more than once Do you year. really? I love I it. Love Did you love crawfish. it before you got down here? Never had it. Joe, really? you can come to my boil. I'll go to your boil. We yep. have two a year. Sounds great. Blankers, you're going to get in on this. No. Well, then you're not invited to ours. That's fine. 713-780. Oh, Blank. Yeah, we'll ketchup huh? on the crawfish. Yeah, we'll have ketchup and cheese. No. There's less likely he's going to come now. Yeah. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury drama. Is Caleb Williams going to force his way to Washington? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, another message for Daisy Dips. I mean, look, we're talking about all this food. We're talking about the big game. We're talking about how you can maximize your eating while you are watching the game this weekend. Get you some Daisy Dips because for all the things you're going to prepare and all the things that you got to make and get ready, you don't have to do anything with Daisy Dips. Just go to your local grocery store. Go to the dairy uh, compartment. Get yourself a couple of tubs of Daisy Dips. You can get the French onion. You can get the ranch. They make everything you serve better. You can put it on just about anything from the wings and the pizza, the veggies, and, of course, all the different varieties of chips. It is going to make everything taste great, no matter how good or bad the game is, and people are going to give you credit for doing it. And, oh, by the way, they're resealable tubs. You can put them in the fridge, use them during the week after the big party. But the fact is, at the big party, you are going to be a success and a winner, no matter who wins the big game. Check them out in your local grocery store. Go get you some Daisy Dips. If you're going to play in Texas, 
You gotta have a fiddle in the band. You're back where you belong. In the Veritex Community Bank Studios with the KBs who won't sting you unless provoked. Here's Joel and Jeremy. This uh this texture nine one nine three bruh. <laughs> I love whenever you get a text starts with bruh, you know it's gonna be entertaining after that. Bruh. I always thought it was, but not for Lucy and her man. <laughs> there are so many people that do that. I appreciate the honesty, though. I mean, you're mysterious. We'll never know who you are, but I appreciate the honesty. I had a buddy. I, I'm the king of that. I had a buddy forever and a day that thought the Clash Rock the Casbah song was actually F the Task Force. What? Yeah, and would sing it at the top of his lungs, and we finally we were like, wait, what What are you saying? <laughs> I'm the king of this, by the way. Like, I'll, I'll be singing along with some songs, and my wife's like, that's not what they say. I'm like, what do you mean? That's definitely what oh, they say. And, and it's Lisa, like, no, it's not. Lisa, I can't tell you how many times Lisa will go, uh, do you know the lyrics to that song? And I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, you wouldn't be so happy that yeah. song's on the radio if you were listening to the lyrics and what, what, what the mess. I go, I don't spend all the time in the world analyzing the lyrics. If it's got a beat in your jams, we'll play it. I, I'm awful with lyrics. I'll be the first to admit. I have no idea what they're saying in the lyrics. Like, a lot of times I'll look it up later or whatever, or just, like, somebody will tell me. I'm like, I cannot believe I like that song. I can't believe those lyrics were in it. I sound like I an ca- old man now. I call Taylor on this a lot. Taylor sits in the back seat, and she just loves to sing. But then we'll flip off of her current, the, the satellite station for all the current hits. And then she'll start singing. I go, you don't have a single clue. You weren't born yet when these lyrics were, oh, yeah, I do, Dad. And then she's just trying to sing along with the melody. She has no clue what she's saying word-wise. Yeah. yeah, she probably knows more than I do, though. Do you have any Grammy hot takes from yesterday? I didn't, I didn't watch the I enjoyed Grammys. it. It was Did really you? good. I, really I usually good. will watch them. I didn't watch them yesterday for whatever reason. Yeah, there were a lot of hot takes. There was a lot going on. Uh, Jay-Z was bizarre to me. Yeah, because he gets the Lifetime Achievement Award, the Dr. Dre Lifetime Achievement Award, and then he goes out and bashes the Grammys. And he goes off on this tangent about how, and he's not wrong in the fact that there are a lot of artists that are miscategorized, and then they're very upset when they don't win, and and, and a lot stems from like the rap and the R&B categories and things like that. But then right off the top, because Taylor Swift was talking about winning her she won two, and I think she won 14 total now. She has 14 or 15. And he goes, I don't need to embarrass the young lady, but my wife has won 43 and has never won album of the year. And he's got a point. And then he finishes it by going, I'm sorry, but when I'm nervous, I tend to speak the truth. Jeez. Yeah, he went off. And then the big controversy was that I didn't even pay that much attention to, but everybody else did. You might, because it's one of your your favorites. Uh Taylor Swift, when she won Album of the Year. She's not one of my favorites. Well, I don't know. You like to play the game, though. I do. But she evidently, Celine Dion has this, I think it's called stiff person syndrome or something like that, but that's what caused her to retire. Do you have that? No. And and (laughs) she's been in seclusion. She comes out. She presents the award to Taylor Swift, and Taylor Swift is excited. She's giving out hugs and everything, and she just grabs the trophy from Celine like she's the, the lady on stage to hand the trophy to you. And just blows her off, and people lost their mind. Oh, really? Yeah, they were so. Then, so then they had to take a picture backstage, and no one believed them. There was the, actually, but the it was a uh, it was a good show. I need the award ceremonies to have people punching people again. That that was high drama for me. Speaking of drama, Cliff Kingsbury bolted Vegas to go to D.C. Said no one ever. Uh, how about this Cliff Kingsbury drama? And is Caleb Williams going to force his way to Washington? So if you want to play connect the dots and or get the hype train all loaded up going down the tracks, Caleb Williams is from the D.C. area. 
Kayla Williams evidently loves Kingsbury when they were both at SC. And so now everybody's talking about the fact that whether, and then there was the rumors that Caleb's dad and they, none of this has been able to be proved, but that Caleb's dad was out there and tried to dispel and everybody was saying he doesn't want to play for the bears. They say that they've never said anything like that, but the rumor train is heating up that he wants to play for the commander. I'm all in. I'm buying into this. I'm buying into this conspiracy. Like you said, he's from there. He was born there. He went to high school there. He's been there forever. He's been he's been a he's a DC guy through and through. I think he's the reason. Why would Cliff Kingsbury pull out of the Vegas job last minute to I, go to the Commanders? You hear why? No, why? He wanted a third year, and he said that tra- the, the the standard assistant coach contracts are a minimum three year or uh-huh. three years. They the Raiders were only willing to give him two. Yeah, and so he backed out. Yeah, this sounds like Caleb Williams written all over it. I think it's. I don't think he backed out for the extra year. I think he backed out for Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is going to be a commander. True or false, Joe George? False. He's going to be a bear. I think he's going to be a bear. No, he's going to be a commander. Commanders are going to trade up. They're going to go but from the Bears one to have two. to accept the trade, or they can. They're going to, they're going to be happy with another quarterback. They're going to be happy with Drake. They're going to be happy two, with Jaden. A, a, a second, a fifth, and maybe something else is enough to get him. I, I move up. I don't think so. It just depends on how like. I wouldn't rule it out. From two, though. Like, like, that's... It's an awful organization, the Bears. So if they decide, for whatever reason, that they like Drake May more, because mm-hmm. I don't think it'll be Daniels. I don't think they're going to go back to the running quarterback well. But like, if they decide they like Drake May more, then, yeah, you make the trade, for sure. Or you take Harrison and stick with Fields, which, like, that still feels unlikely to me. I think he's going to be a commander. I'm calling my shot now. He's going to be a commander. Um, I think you're being a little disrespectful to Jaden Daniels. He only threw for 3,800 yards last year. And Justin Fields threw for six touchdown passes against Clemson in a playoff game. And that's one specific game. He was really good at Ohio State. He wasn't a Heisman Trophy winner. He was not. Wasn't a Heisman Trophy winner. Like, I think you're being I just, a little disrespectful to Jaden Daniels, calling him a running quarterback. I know he's capable. He's a very thin but quarterback. But he could throw a little bit. I know that. He could throw a little bit. I, I just think that the Bears control everything, and if they want him, they got him. And I don't think that Washington's going to make him an offer that they can't refuse. The um, Randy Mueller, our old friend, uh, he tweeted this today, which this is something I disagree with completely. Caleb Williams and his preference as to where to play will have no effect on what the Bears do. I know some people's take is that the players' wishes will be granted. Not true in the real NFL world. I disagree when it comes to quarterbacks. And we've seen it. We've seen it. Eli Manning got his way Elway. out of the Chargers. Elway got his way. Was it Cleveland? No, Cleveland was, uh, I mean, it was Indy. Was it Indy? Okay, I couldn't remember Indy. the team. He got, him, he got himself out of Indy. I disagree with Randy Mueller here. I think that quarterbacks are capable of forcing a team's hand. I don't think any other position's capable. I do think it's possible a quarterback, and we've seen it twice. Twice. We've seen it twice in, in our lives, but yeah. Eli Eli's really not even that recent. Eli's the most recent. I mean, and the only, but the only part that's that that will not happen until he hires an agent. Caleb Williams is currently operating without one. Who was his? Who was his like advisor in college though? That they I all don't know. they all have them now, and they yeah. usually turn into their agents. I just I don't I don't think it's going to happen. At least yeah, no, they in said- the forces hand. It's I'm not saying that it's impossible for the Bears to make the trade, but this idea that you're going to you know. Not want to go to Chicago, but want to go to Washington. I guess your hometown, hometown team, but like his buddy Cliff's there. The the talks that I heard too on his agent is that mom and dad and him taking a page out of Lamar's book. They're gonna unless they absolutely have to. I, I heard they're they're not exactly hell bent on finding an agent for him. I'll tell you, I won't be heartbroken. I love Caleb Williams. I want Caleb Williams to be the Bears' quarterback, but like there are a lot of red flags to me. 
and it, it's the off the field stuff with him, with his dad, and just even even the the need to have to call Colin Coward and call him out on it. There's a reason why Colin believes that that you don't want to go to Chicago because it's who he like, kind of perceives himself to be. So like I I would not be heartbroken if they passed on him. I think a lot of the shine is worn off because of the last three months of his season this year. He just showed a different side of him across the board, like you were mentioning, Joe. From the the I'm gonna go. I just want to go home with my dog, cuddle up, and watch Netflix. And the the crying, whether it was real or fake, on the sideline with his mom, and the fact that his play fell off, and that he was, you know, his body language was bad. I think that from a guy that was undeniably head and shoulders the number one pick that everybody thought was going to be the next sure thing quarterback. I think people are starting to have a lot of doubts. Mm. Yeah, I think he's going to be a commander. I'm calling my shot now. I think the Kingsbury drama, hometown. I, I Bears better like get a hell of an here. offer. I feel like there's smoke here. Bears better get a hell of an offer if they're going to pass on him. I don't think it's going to cost that much. Because you're moving from one to two and you're still getting a franchise quarterback. Maybe. Yep. See, it was the second and a fifth, y'all said? That's a lot. Yeah, two and a five. Like, because the second, I would imagine that's going to be the 34th pick of the draft. Oh, yeah, that's, true. That's, that's pretty. That's a pretty good offer, man. You move from one spot. If you're not that high on Caleb Williams anyway, and you're really high on Drake May, then you're getting a free second rounder and a free fifth <laughs> rounder for a guy that you might have you might have been in, like interested in taking anyways. Yeah, that's got the same scenario as Trubisky all over again. I think it's more you know, like kind of the other way, though, right? Because you traded up for it. You yeah. traded up in the last time, right? You would trade down, but both are Carolina quarterbacks, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's more likely they take Marvin Harrison Jr. <clears throat> instead of and just quarterback. keep Fields. Yeah. Oh, that would be sexy. That would be interesting. I think that's way more likely than them to take Ooh, another quarterback. That's that's interesting too. Yeah, I just I don't think it'll be May. I don't think it'll be Daniels. Harrison should be top two pick, anyways. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Which Astro? This is in the. Uh, it's because Bobby Witt Jr. signed that yeah. huge extension today. Which Astro, we're not talking Tucker here, by the way, which Astro with two years or less service time, because what Bobby Witt has, would you be willing to extend on a fair, long-term market deal? 713-780-3776, Killer B's, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5.